Hi and welcome to episode 20 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage and I'm a wedding photographer too. Today we've got a special episode as we talk all about the thing that's on all of our minds and rightly so, coronavirus. And we've got a very special guest with us today who's in a unique position because not only is Simon Leclerc a brilliant wedding photographer, winner of four reportage awards and four story awards, which is amazing, but he's also a doctor, a GP, and has been for over five years, and he's working on the front lines of this right now, seeing it firsthand. So he's in a unique position to talk about not only the health and safety and mental health side of it all, giving us all just brilliant tips that we need, we really need to listen to, but also in a position of being a wedding photographer himself, and we discuss things that can help us in our business and help us get through things. So um, we both hope that you find this useful. Hey, Simon, how you doing? Hey, Alan. Um, fine, I'm fine. How are you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I know very, very strange times, very bizarre situation um, to be talking to you under as well. But yeah, so how's that? I mean, can we just can you say just a little bit about you? You know, so I know I know you're obviously a brilliant wedding photographer, but you're also a doctor as well. So, so how long have you been um, a doctor? Uh, so I have been a doctor since uh, 2014. So that's five years. Right. Okay. I, I trained to be a GP. So in Belgium, you have to train for two extra years on top of the seven years that you've done. Wow. To become a a full a, f- a fully qualified GP, so well, I did nine that years. It's a nine years, but you're getting you're, you're paid uh, the the last two years. So that's uh, okay. It's, it's a decent pay. Uh, it's not massive money, but it's 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 a good pay for someone that's twenty five. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, I just started working as a GP. I started my own practice after two years with a friend of mine, uh, but that, yeah, combined with how wedding photography was becoming a bigger, bigger part of my life, and uh, it was it it was pretty much um, impossible to combine because being a GP in Belgium, just to kind of just to kind of uh, say how it is 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 that you're self-employed, so you have your own little business and your own patients. Uh, you have right. to have your own building and all of that, so there's a lot that comes in there. It's wow. not like, yeah, it's not like a practice of the NHS where there's a building that's established and they have secretaries that are all paid by the state. So it's you're self-employed, so it's kind of it's kind of uh, tricky on that point as well. And it was just a combination with wedding photography was becoming was becoming a burden. Really, I wasn't enjoying I wasn't enjoying it anymore. It was very stressful. So. In I think August or half of August, beginning of September 2019, so not that long ago, I went full time photography, and um, yeah, I had that's not that wedding. long ago as well. You've, no, it's you're not. doing so amazingly well as well. You've won so many reportage awards as well. I mean, you're just nailing it. Um, but now as well, so you're still keeping your hands in with the the doctor. Um, so you're so you're in a kind of a unique position really at this time with this with the coronavirus as well. So oh oh yeah. And so, so how, what's it? I mean, what I know you're in Belgium. What's 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 the scene like, man? What what is happening? So, um, I wanted to go full time wedding photography. I said to myself, now's the time. I'm not going to wait until until I'm forty to do it because that might be too late. Although anybody who's forty and going full time, please go for it. Mm-hmm. I had to go for it one hundred percent because I 
I felt I kind of owed it to myself. But then my colleague who was in uh, who was in the first practice where I worked, she was nagging me and nagging me because she was about to have a third child. And she was saying, can you can you take can you sub for me during the winter for two months? And I said after four times that she'd asked, I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I, <laughs> that's what I was doing. And then all of a sudden this Corona, well, this coronavirus just kind of took everybody by surprise, really. Yeah, man. And now it's obviously, well, a worldwide pandemic and it's on on the tips of everyone's tongues. And it's all a lot of people can think about. Like me, it's it's a very, very stressful time. But you're right there on the forefront of it now. And so what's it like? What is it? What's it like in Belgium? So what we've had the last two weeks, because we're we're literally talking about two weeks time that the whole world has been turned upside down, really. And the thing is, before we were hearing stories of the epidemic in China, but it doesn't really filter through to the Western to the Western um, media, really, or not to that extent that it was alarming. And then all of a sudden, it it kind of erupted in Italy, and that's two weeks ago. And well, we can see what's going on there at the moment, and it was just spreading after the after the holidays. People coming back from Italy from holidays, and then within. 10 days time we went from five infections to as of today i think it's 1200 infections although these numbers are just not representative for what the actual number of infections is because we've just stopped testing because right. they because they, we just don't have enough resources to to be able to do that at the moment so, so what what has happened in belgium is is actually just the same as what's happened in Italy and Spain and France is that gradually people are taking precautions and every uh, every few days the government um, enforces other measures and what we are in now is kind of a, a lockdown but it's it's a very Belgian lockdown it's kind of a lockdown but it isn't and it's it's a reflection of what the Belgian politics is. It's it's a bit unstable, and everybody has a lot of different opinions. Okay. While 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 it's just a, a matter of time before we're taking the same measures as France and Spain. And to be honest, we should have already taken them by now. Oh, I know, and it's so surprising how the UK government seems to be taking that such a slow approach. I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm not an expert, and there's so many different reasons why. But I, I think it was very surprising for us over here you know, Boris's um, reactions or inactions over the past week and a half? I think, I think it's, it's very, I think it's very important to know that this is a, a new virus in very many ways and, and that we're taken by surprise, really. Even the professionals like, like us who are dealing with it, we're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And we have the advantage here in Belgium that we can look at what's happening in France and Spain and in Italy because it kind of seems to have the same progression. And indeed, I, I'm not 100% certain of what, I'm not 100% up to date with what's happening in the UK, but they seem to be reacting quite slowly. Um, it's not mm. up to me to say uh, any political political statements, but here in Belgium, at a certain point, the experts or the virologists and the doctors and the nurses were saying, okay, you really have to start listening to us because this is going to, this is going to get out of control. 
and that's that's the thing really what it is 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 you have this this battle between um experts and politicians and they're all they're all defending their own importances but that's not always a bad thing on one side we look at it from our perspective from a medical perspective and we are alarmed by certain things but we have no idea about the socioeconomic implications certain mm. decisions have and that's what the politicians have to do so i mean we will we, we will have to look back on this in several months time or in a couple of years time and think okay how could we have done it better but the fact that this is something that is new and very little is known about it takes everybody by surprise but i mean at a certain point you kind of have to draw your conclusions about what's going on in other countries and take action so yeah mm. oh man yeah man it's so scary and from and from a personal um viewpoint for me just to, you know just to, in my situation just because i've got an elderly father you know he's nearly 80 and he has a condition anyway uh, copd and obviously that really worries me and you know we've been telling him that he has to stay inside and and as, so you as a doctor do you do you, you know what do you think about that that advice um i think it's if you really boil it down to the bare essentials of what needs to happen is it's very clear if you look at the numbers of china and other countries that are affected that the elderly are severely affected by this by this virus um we talk about 60 and over um 80 and over those are the really risky ages 60 and over definitely def 60 60 years old and older with underlying health conditions and 80 and older are definitely people that we have to protect and it's really simple is anybody that has an underlying health condition and has a certain age really has to protect themselves from at all costs really i don't want to sound alarming but if you look at the the the, the figures that we're getting from china and all of that is it's 15% fatalities with people that are older than 80 i mean the numbers don't lie that's massive 15% yeah that's 15 I mean, that's, that's huge it's huge though so i mean if you just look at it from a, <sighs> from a broader perspective you just got to protect the elderly and you make sure that you that they don't come outside and that that they stay in and don't get mm. infected it's very simple but at the same time it's very hard because when there is no sense of urgency in a population people don't seem to find it don't find the need to act accordingly and it's understandable of course i mean we all we all have our things that we don't really act on because we think oh it doesn't affect us until mm. it kicks us in the ass doesn't it that's so, so true mm. i think if the, the main medical advice i could give is protect the ones that are at risk and that's the elderly so people over 60 with underlying health conditions and uh, especially the older people 75 and over 80 and over really 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 careful and just lock them down that mm. sounds a bit that sounds a bit scary but just protect them at all costs yeah um, it has to be done doesn't it i know it sounds scary but let's it just has to be done like no visitors at all online grocery shoppings and it's it's tough you know my my mom obviously is going to miss her grandkids loads but we've started to have like skype video um you know chats and that, that kind of little things like that helps because it's also the the physical isolation is going to be, uh, you know, a real downer, a big problem for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think loneliness is, is something that is, is severely underestimated. And especially people that are older are already usually quite lonely. And if you look at it on a broader perspective, that 
maybe they have the grandkids coming around once a week or they really look forward to seeing their children and even though it's once every fortnight just the perspective of that not happening in the in an unforeseeable future really really isn't is a hit on a psychological level so i think it's very important to realize that being isolated is is something that is gravely underestimated um but at the same time my 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 husband um he has to work home now and and it's funny because we were talking about this the other day and it's been now two or three days and he's like god this is harder than i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> and it is it's it's lo- it is lonely and then i was like well yeah this is this is what i was running into as as when i went full time a full time photographer you just okay you get up and you sit behind your desk and it's like oh, i've got all the time in the world and for some reason or the other it's not as easy as it sounds that's and so true like, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We've kind of been in this kind of like self-isolation state for a long time. I guess we should be kind of good at yeah, it. Yeah, we're good at it. Yeah, we, we're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, oh, it's it's uh, it's what do you think about kind of uh, what scares me as well as this kind of like part of it is this everybody pretends or thinks that they're an expert on so many different things yeah. as well. So you go on oh, <laughs> social media and it's just, you hear so many different things. What's your take on that? That's the, that's the tough bit because that's the other side of the coin when it comes to, to social media. I've seen so many positive things on social media the last couple of weeks and even just the last couple of days. Just to give you an example, we had, we had someone come in today. He has a massive a massive building firm and he brought us 350 masks um which is massive and they were the ff uh, p2 and p3 masks which are the the ones you really need to protect yourself but i mean that's like a market value of like 1500 euros he just said here take it you wow. need it which is which is fantastic i put that's it on awesome. facebook and i think it got shared like 20 times not for me but just maybe it could be an example for anyone else who who is in the construction and might have some of these lying around, but don't realize what the fundamental impact is of, of, of being able to provide proper protection um, for healthcare workers. That's um, proper cool. You say it's like yeah. 1500 uh, euro market value. It's actually probably like 2 million euro market value now. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we were joking about it. So how much money could we get if we sold this? On the <laughs> no, we brought, we, we kept a couple because the thing is as a GP, we, we, we have to do a lot of uh, triage through phone. So we, we have to avoid all patient contacts as the, as of now uh, and okay, try and yeah. see who is sick through the phone um, and try and estimate, does this person need help? Does mm. this person need to be seen? But then it's difficult because you're trying to you're trying to see, okay, does, do I need to examine this person or does this person have to go straight to an accident and emergency? So we do need to see patients, but those patients are high risk because you've already evaluated the risk beforehand. Okay. And yes, yesterday uh, we used the last FFP2 mask, which is the mask that we would really need to be able to examine someone properly. And I had it on yesterday. The guy had a, a coronavirus um, and I was like, okay, you, you, you're fine, you're okay, go home, isolate yourself, protect the others around you. But to come back to your question, because I went on a, on a wild little tangent there. Oh, no, it was a good tangent, uh, though. <laughs> good story. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
but then the guy brought in all these masks today and we kept a couple for us to to be able to do our work and then yeah, we brought sure. the rest to the local hospital uh, but to come back to your question the thing is and and that's what kind of flabbergasts me is that i mean everybody is an expert and no and and the experts have no clue what's going on so that's that's kind of the contradiction that it is is there's so much information online and there's so much information coming to the public but to us as professionals as well so we're learning as we go along and nobody's really is really sure where this is going to go and how it's going to how it's going to end and when it's going to end and then when people start posting and ranting and throwing with numbers and statistics i mean there's not really much point because nobody really knows what is right and wrong and mm, you might yeah. as well post something that is positive and try to find a way to 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 help really that's that's i think that's important because i've i've literally had several patients on the phone the last couple of days doing the consultations through the phone but people who are mentally um, who, who have some mental health issues. That's a lot of our work as a GP to take care of those. But you can imagine when they're opening the papers and the news at this time, they, they're just completely anxious and, and, yeah, and losing yeah. it, to be honest. So, and I've literally had to say to several people, turn off all of your social media, don't go on the news sites and just watch the BBC News or what the equivalent is here in Belgium. Just mm. watch that once a day. All the rest, it's very clear. You just got to stay inside and stay away from other people and the elderly. That's all it boils down to. And we'll all brace together and hope it passes soon, really. Yeah, I think it's just important to know that we all underestimate the impact that our social media presence has how little or how big it is and i think it's important to try and make it as positive positive as possible ranting and spreading information that is completely uncertain is just not going to get anyone anywhere so yeah it's a tough one it's really difficult because certain media especially like the, the tabloids and all of that are really making a clickbait frenzy out of all oh, of this yeah especially Probably with brexit over as well oh yeah yeah this is yeah god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i totally agree with you what you're saying there about social media as well and i mean and, and also what you said about how how great it can be and how our community is kind of banded together and and that's a great thing about it but there are those downsides as well and like for me, I just, I don't, everybody's in a different kind of position. And yet you get these people flout, you know, saying how you should do this, you should do that in terms of their businesses as well. But a one size uh, fits all approach just doesn't work for us as, as businesses either. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because the thing is, everybody is, 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 is kind of panicking, which I completely understand is mm. as a, as a wedding photographer, as a wedding photographer or as a wedding photography business, you're you're you have no idea where this is going and that's that's the interesting part of the position that i'm in I'm yeah on. it's quite I'm a unique position <laughs> yeah. yeah it is um how do you, I'm, are you I'm, worrying about yourself i mean do, do, i mean it's amazing that what you're doing man but do you worry about yourself and getting ill from being on the front line like that and then your own weddings as well and things well the first part is i mean i'm probably going to get this virus there is pretty much no way about going there's no way around it to be honest mm. and the fact of the matter is i might already have had it because the problem with this virus is the transmission is probably done by asymptomatic people and we don't even know how it transmits people are saying okay it's a droplet infection which means 
sneezing and coughing into your hands and then you have contact with someone. But I mean, all of this is uncertain, but I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll get it at some point or the other. Um, yeah, Does that concern you from it. what you've seen or, you know, is you're, you know, okay with that? And it's part, to be honest, it's part of the job when, when you've been in this profession for, for a certain time, you, you kind of have, you kind of get used to dealing with the, the certain parts of it. I mm. mean, here in Belgium, we have euthanasia that is legal and right, yeah, yeah. ending someone's life. It's part of the job as well sometimes, and you kind of learn to deal with it. It puts a lot of stuff into perspective. So taking a hit from a, from a viral infection, well, if it comes, it comes, and I hope it doesn't, it doesn't get too bad. Um, so it's part of, part of it really yeah oh man it's honestly but what you're doing is so amazing it, it is so amazing and um, has it had an impact on your on your weddings yet as well we had one wedding that's cancelled i was going to shoot a wedding with a friend in austria uh and that was that's cancelled um or postponed we don't really know what's happening i mm. think i have my first wedding that I'm shooting on my own is on the 18th of April and it's the wedding of a, a, a doctor colleague as well so I yeah, think right. she's not she's just got her hands full now as well and she's going to probably take a decision last minute yeah. uh, so I'm to be honest I'm I'm, I'm not too I'm, I'm not preoccupied by this at this moment no and I, I understand that the, and obviously you're on the front lines of the health and obviously the health aspect is obviously the most important thing by billion miles it's just um it's just obviously i know a lot of people listening to this as well are going to be concerned for oh, yeah. obviously yeah for their livelihoods and it's not just their livelihoods it, for some people it's you know their homes um literally it could be so it's just a, oh, it's yeah, a scary time I, I don't want to give the impression that i that i'm that i don't take this this serious for other for everything outside of health the socioeconomic implications of this crisis will be massive, absolutely huge. Even if you just look at the stock market, it's just completely plummeting. And the thing is, I'm I'm in it. I mean, I'm halfway in 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 the wedding industry as well. The only thing that I have is the advantage that if 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 it gets really out of hand, then I can still be a doctor, um, mm. which they'll pretty much always need. But at the same time, I'm very much aware of the fact that this is going to have a massive impact on a lot of people, even to the extent that it, it could it could it could mean that it's bankruptcy or or really going to have to sell things or even lose lose their homes potentially. But yeah. I think what I what I want to urge on that level is that at this point in time, we have no idea where it's going and that every every ounce of energy that you could lose in worrying about it at this moment is lost energy. And that's easy said from my point of view. I know that's easily said and it's, and it, it is having impact on people. But I think at this moment, we don't know if this is going to last until the half, half of April and if it's going to last to August or September. I'm hearing people worried that it would last until August or September. But to be honest, even me as a professional who's in this, the whole time doesn't know how long it's going to ask but i do know that it's just important to try and see which funds and trust funds that there are which uh, financial maneuvers are, are given by the governments because here in belgium they are starting to release funds for certain for small businesses and it will inevitably come for other for other for other for other businesses and yeah. for other countries we hope so, so i think it's just in, i think it's just important for the community to stick together now and see and help each other what is possible how can we help each other on that level 
and try not to worry too much about how long this is going to last because we have no idea how long it's going to last. Yeah, there's nothing we can do on the, really, is there? But apart from our roles of, of self-isolating and not flouting, the, you know, what's what the good advice out there, the health advice. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, recently as well, the UK government announced that people will be able to have like a three-month mortgage holiday, which I know already quite a lot of my photographer colleagues are taking yeah. out and. Um, apparently for a lot of people it's been quite easy and I'm sure over the next couple of days it will be easier to do that once you know the way that this is happening gets ironed out um, so that can t that can alleviate people's pressures quite a lot I, I, I do urge people to make the most of whatever is offered out there obviously Definitely. yeah it's, it's funny because it's 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 great how people how people help each other out and maybe just like the small things just make a massive difference uh, just just like an example you have um, Therese Ranglier, who's part of one of the Belgian photographers, he's very well known here um, because he's kind of a bit of the godfather that raised everybody. Raised <laughs> yeah, it's like he, he, lived, he yeah. lived with him, doesn't, didn't he? He lived with them. Eve lived with him for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the funny thing is, is he 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 had this this bus that he'd completely redone, and there's like a bed and all of that. It's like a mini house. And on Monday, I called him and I said, "Well, I know you're a bit of a handyman. Could you could you make like a like a plexiglass screen for our secretary? Because it's just like an open void where patients come in and start talking to them." And oh, he was wow. like, "Yeah." And three hours later, he built this fantastic no. plexiglass wooden frame, and wow. it popped it in. And it was fine. It was good. It was good. But I mean, that's great. It's just that's showing that cool. people using their using their strengths to to help others out. And as a photographer, it's it's uh, as a photographer, it's difficult because it's it's hard. How can we be creative and 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 use our strengths to help others? But maybe it's not only photography. Maybe you can help someone out in another way. And it's important to to be creative and think out of the box um, and not worry too much. I mean, uh, we'll we'll all survive this. I hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true though what you're saying and we can help each other in so many ways and I found you know just personally for me it, it is stressful it's stressful and but and it's and at times it's like um it's like I feel like you're in a bit of a daze but I found just just getting to just even doing some work you know just can just can take your mind off things and can be really helpful on a personal kind of mental health kind of way um yeah. and I do feel like from my personal viewpoint I know it's it may seem strange kind of promoting our web our wedding photography business but I feel like it's still so important to do you know so we've got a business that's still there when when hopefully this passes absolutely definitely if you look at this from a mental health perspective we're all going into isolation I think it won't take long before the UK will be locking down completely and other countries will follow well I hope so because I mean we don't know how we have to contain this virus with any other means but i think the mental health part of what is going to happen is a very important way of dealing and coping with the situation whereas that getting up and having a certain rhythm in your day is extremely important trying to have some exercise is very important as well because the hormones that are released when you do some exercise are very stress reductant and by that i mean it does make a fundamental difference it's easier said than done because i mean i don't have any kids i have a dog that needs to be let out three times a day i have a lot of respect of people that are that are isolated with their kids now or are in lockdown with their kids and have to entertain kids a long time <laughs> but i think for everybody on a mental health 
on a mental health level, it's just important to try and have a very structured way of living because that's the only thing that's going to give longevity. If you leave it over to randomness, then it's only going to get a lot harder, a lot quicker. So it's it's something that we that we advise as as, as GPs to to people that are that are having mental health issues is that structure is the most most important part right. of yeah. dealing with it. And this is a mental mental game. It's it's going to be it's more of a mind game than anything else, to be honest, because it's very clear we just got to isolate ourselves and protect the el- and protect the elderly from a medical point of view. But the mind game that is going to come along with it, it's going to be a it's going to be a big challenge as well. Oh yeah, definitely. And I know the advice has been even for as you say, we're not on full lockdown now, but I'm sure we will be very soon. Um, but oh, the advice is still in the UK for for people with uh, conditions or over seventy, they should be in lockdown now. But the government also says, you know, that taking walks is still fine. And just to reiterate that now, that is fine, isn't it? People can go for walks as long as they're not in kind of still very close contact with other people. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that's a bit tricky is because over here in Belgium with the lockdown light that we have is that we are still allowed to go outside with our family. So the people that you live with anyway, um, or one other person. So it's not and, it's or, or one oh, other okay. person. So you can meet up with a friend, but you have to keep a distance of one and a half meters. Um, so yeah, that's what they have over here. But if you're looking at France and Spain and Italy, it's full lockdown where they're literally giving fines to anybody that's coming out that's not allowed to be outside. Um, yeah. Allowed to do some 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 exercise if you're in France, but you have to have a paper and permission. Um, I don't know yeah. how that yeah how do they police that or <laughs> i heard it on the news like a couple of a couple of minutes well an hour ago that you have ten thousand police police officers that are literally in the streets and i think the united states is is bracing themselves to prevent looters and people right, breaking yeah. into shops so i think i think at this moment in time it's just important to isolate yourself and your family and just protect yourself. That's the most important thing. And going outside is healthy and is good. If you've got a if you've got a big garden, that's great. Go into your garden, and as long as it permits, go outside for a walk. But just be careful and and keep your distance from other people because it's still very little known about this virus, and we don't know how it's spreading because it's spreading very quickly. So just just take your precautions. Really, that's the only thing I can advise. Keep okay. distance, and going outside is definitely is definitely healthy for the mind and for the mind mm. and the definitely also what whilst you're here and as a doctor i'm not going to ask about <laughs> random like <laughs> other like body yeah, my toes on. hurting could you uh... <laughs> yeah, no, but i want to ask you fun. about something um that i heard but it hasn't been um pub- it hasn't been written about much in kind of british media is that so if you you know if you start to get the symptoms our advice in the uk is that you sh- you have to self isolate your whole family for 14 days mm-hmm. but say say if say if i got ill for example and then and then on day five, like my son got ill. Do mm. we, we should, I've heard that you should start, an, and it makes logical sense, you should start another 14 days isolation from that day that, you know, my son got the ill. The last person, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, the, but people are not saying that lots in the media, but that is that, that's what you, that's how it should be, isn't it? Yes, yeah, in a way it should be that. Um, what we do generally see, and that's the, the literature that we have now, is that most most illnesses have an onset after five days after exposure to a, to another case. Um, right. But they usually say that the incubation time is seven days, but I think they've 
taken it all the way up to 14 or brought it down from 14 to 7 because it was more practical. But 14 days is, is just to be completely sure because they're not 100% sure because we don't have enough tests to see if someone's still positive at a certain point and infectious. So, yes, self-isolation is, is very important and uh, protecting uh, other family members is at the same time as well. Because, I mean, to be honest, uh, if I start getting symptoms, then you, I would, I would self-isolate myself to my husband. Would I do it or not? Is that, is that necessary? He's a bit older than I am. Um, right. His lungs are not the absolute best. Um, yeah, then I'm thinking in myself, do I need to go and sleep in, in, on the couch? But to be honest, by the time I develop symptoms, he's probably already got it from me as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a... that's a tough one because we just don't know. But, um, yeah, I think it's just important to to isolate yourselves and then see from there how it goes. And if you are feeling symptoms, then to contact your general practitioner. I think that's the most important bit. Okay, yeah, cool. So obviously, you know, self-isolation is really, really vital. Can you, can you, can you explain to us, you know, really why that is in case people just don't really still understand? So the self-isolation has two implications. On one side, you are protecting the people that are at risk, which is the elderly. We've, we've gone over that quite extensively already. So especially the people over 60 and over 80, uh, more so if they have an underlying health condition, which is one part of it. But the self-isolation is to protect your healthcare system as well. Because if you don't isolate yourself, you will be spreading it a lot more to other people. And what you see is it's an exponential curve. So it takes a little bend and then it shoots up. And that's what you're seeing here in Belgium. That's what you're seeing still in Italy. Um, is that suddenly you have this massive surge of people that are sick. And that um, massively put, puts your healthcare system massively under stress to the extent that it can collapse a healthcare system. If you look at Italy now, uh, today, we just saw the news here, you have 475 people that died in 24 hours yesterday, just under 400. So that's that's massive. You have you have people laying in laying in in corridors with oxygen because they they just need ICU intensive care care, but they're getting it in a corridor. So the the healthcare system in Italy is just collapsing, and it's it's dramatic because I, I remember last weekend I, I sent a message to to Fabio Mirula just saying, hey hey mate, I hope you're okay. I hope your family's safe. And, and I mean, just take care. And he said, yeah, it's just absolutely crazy over here. But he said, yeah, everything's okay as of now. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's nuts there. And the thing is the sense of urgency, the, the sense of urgency isn't here in Belgium, even though we're in a lockdown. And the sense of urgency is definitely not in the UK. Um, but the problem is, is when your healthcare system starts collapsing, that's when it gets crazy. And it's by self-isolating that you, that you, kind of flatten the curve by that they mean that you kind of try and limit the amount of people that you you infect to spread out the stress on the healthcare system that's the most important thing really on the one side you're you're protecting the you're protecting the um the fatalities and the and the and the vulnerable but on the other the on the other hand and that's maybe even more important is you're preventing your healthcare system from collapsing because when that surge comes uh there's nothing you can do about it we were seeing here in belgium we had uh the the double the amount of admissions today in hospitals than we had yesterday really double wow. so 
and then the fatalities are going to start following. We don't have that many fatalities now, but if you look in Italy, the fatalities are still going up. So that means when they're not at the peak yet, and the peak is the halfway point. So I mean, yeah, that's why you have to lock down. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you said that very, very well and very emphatically. Yeah, people stay inside. But um, I mean, if you, I mean, to put it in a broader perspective, I think the thing which is which is the problem with this illness is because it 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 wasn't taken seriously. It's a flu-like infection that for the majority of the population is not that harmful. I mean, you're sick, but it's not going to kill you. It's it's like a severe common flu. But we didn't know what kind of implications and what kind of spread it had and suddenly it just it just it just bit us in the ass and that's that's horrible. Um and what I want to say is, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's showing again that the sense of urgency always has to be present in in our population. And before we act and do something, it really has to be on our doorstep, which is a pity, especially with the extent that we use social media. I mean, it could be, it could be done better, and um, that's one thing. And the other thing is, is there is no need to panic. Um, but I think it's just important to know what responsibilities we have to take. But the oh, problem totally. is, it's not all—it's not always that clear which responsibilities we have to take because the media and the politicians and the experts and the doctors—they're all saying different things, and that's the mess that we're kind of in, really. So this mm. is my opinion from my point of view. So yeah, yeah and of course, and, and oh man, we so, so value your opinion. But because well, you're in a perfect place with your opinion as well, because you're a doctor, and wedding photographer, you, you're seeing it firsthand, which for the vast majority of people, we're not. So, you know, thank you so much for your time here. If you, if you, if you look at it from a wedding, pers- wedding perspective, the, the, in theory, the quicker you go in lockdown, the quicker you should be able to contain this virus, the quicker weddings will be able to, to, to take place. Um, mm. The longer you wait and the longer you try and the longer it lingers on, the more impact it's going to have, the more stress there will be on your healthcare system and the longer it will take for life to get back to normal. So I, 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 I do really feel and I do really see that in the Belgian wedding group that people are people are worried. And mm. and I really, really, really understand that the same for me as well. I, I have 25 weddings booked this year. Um, if they start falling down, then I'm going to have to rethink the, the career switch that I did to full-time wedding photography. Uh, but the advantage I have is, is that, I can, that I can lean back onto something which gives me, well, a safe income. But I mean, mm. I cannot imagine what kind of impact it has for people who are completely independent of this. And I think it's just important that, you, uh, that I urge to say that... Um, that we don't know where this is going, but panicking is is not going to help. And I think it's just important to to try and stick together, help each other out, try and find a creative and inventive way to help others, even if it has nothing to do with uh, wedding photography, and to try and see which things you can, which things are available from government and government aids and funds. And they are coming; they will be coming, but they're yeah. not there now because they don't have time to talk about it. They're still, they're still arguing in some countries about whether or not to shut a country down, let alone which financial aids they will be giving. But the thing is, this is such a massive impact. It's having the same impact on everyone, which is in a way an advantage than if it's just one part of the, one part of the population. So 
yeah, at the end of the day, I hope they will they will all come across with 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 funds and aids. Mm, and yeah, I hope so too. And I think I think more is promised by the UK's chancellor. I think coming up in the next few days, hopefully for self-employed um, people. Same here in Belgium. Yeah, it's just the, it's just you've got to stick together and figure it out together because there's so much information and it's not always very clear. I think mm-hmm. the coming weeks is just important for everybody to try and figure that out for themselves, but try and figure it out with friends and not hide information from each other because we're all in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I know a lot of people listening to this will be worried. They will be worried for health reasons, but they will be worried for, for their businesses. Um, and, you know, I feel worried too. We all do. We're all in the same boat. But as you say, we're all we can, we're all we all help each other as much as we can as well. So if anybody you know has specific concerns, they can get in touch with me. You don't have to be a reportage member, and I'm not an expert on anything. But you know, I'm gonna I can help as much as I can. And practical yeah, stuff that I've is. heard from yeah, that's awesome, man. I didn't want to say it just in case you get bombarded uh, yeah. by like a thousand <laughs> yeah. health issues now all around. <laughs> I probably I probably will. I probably will anyway. But I think it's just important. I mean, if if someone asks me something, just. Uh, is, is is the answer to the question that I'm going to give? Can someone else give it? I'm probably busy with patients at this at this moment, but um, yeah, it'll be okay. But I mean, yeah, if anything, please, yeah, just let people um, uh, can reach out to you and and to everyone else. Really, just uh, thank just you, man. Say. That's awesome. I also um, just want to say, you know, I hear it's just general good bits of advice that maybe other people are, are sharing as well, and it may not apply. It might be good for you, but things like. Um, you know, just to go on the practical sense of the wedding side now, if someone's looking to postpone, you know, try you, uh, uh, maybe one approach is to try and um, get them to book a midweek or a non-peak date the next year. I know that's not always possible, but, you know, if they're postponing to a peak Saturday next year, that's almost as good as a cancellation, really. And for a lot of people, they just can't take these cancellations. No, no, definitely. I think it's important to try and you've, you've heard this so many times before. But here in Belgium, we have an extremely tight network of professional photographers. I think it's it's important to try and to try and stick together and try and share bookings with each other. And mm. if, I, I think a lot of I think the advantage that we have is that a lot of these weddings are getting postponed and not cancelled. Um, and if 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 someone's postponing, if they're post- postponing my wedding to a date that I'm not free anymore, but that I don't know Eve or Phila or or Sana is free. Well, fine, that's great. And then maybe if they can do it in return for me, then that's that's already half of the battle won. It's oh, just that's so moving. True. It's it's just moving it to another one. So if you stick together and try and figure it out with a couple of people to try and keep the postponing and the moving of the biz of the business um, in in balance for everybody, then then that's already half the battle. Really, that's great advice. You know, that's really great advice. And I'm not even like really thought about that in that terms of, of postponement, but getting someone else to do it if you can't do it, and then reciprocating. And then vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. try and reciprocate. Don't make it too complicated. Stick with a couple of people. Um, try to have a look at your availabilities. Some people will be free on certain dates. Some people won't be. There's no point trying to reciprocate with two people that have exactly the same bookings, mm-hmm. um, booking That's dates. True. But I mean, try and reciprocate in small groups and see see how that goes. I think yeah. that could work because not many people are cancelling. These people who are hiring us, they want to get married. They they mm. fucking love each other and they want to <laughs> yeah. show it to the world. <laughs> so, um, That's so true. Yeah, so I think yeah. trying to use that as much as you can and use your mm. social network massively. And people are still um, booking for next year as well, new weddings as well. And 
you know something that can help with cash flow is that if you if you've taken a very small deposit normally you know you can up your deposit now for those weddings next year that's still it's your business it's you know everyone's got different circumstances so as long as you're up front with a client i think that can help with cash flow that's a tough one really because because the, the the deposits there's been a lot of discussions about the 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 deposits do we give it back or not if they cancel or if they postpone to a date that i can't oh um, yeah yeah that's no, a tough I, one i was yeah. now i was meaning for new totally new inquiries for next year oh, though, yeah, yeah. Uh, just take a higher deposit than you normally do maybe just to yeah, help sure. with the cash flow this this oh yeah this. oh but that oh like that oh yeah definitely i think that's a great idea yeah um but you ask maybe half of half of the price up front yeah uh, as a deposit and that's fine I, that might be able to help you through this year uh mm -hmm. going into next year uh and i think there will be like the mortgage ex like the mortgage what was it that they were doing uh, mortgage holiday for three months uh, yes there will be more things so i think if you're a little bit inventive um maybe ask a higher deposit now then then you could kind of find a balance for next year because a lot of things are going to get postponed into next year so you can kind of compensate it by asking higher deposits now um for weddings for next year it kind of compensates the one from this year that you're not yeah. getting paid that's yeah. a good one yeah that's a great one oh man but that's i mean it's great what you said about banding together for that reciprocation uh, I, th I hadn't even thought of that so that's that's a really good idea and then, good. any more ideas maybe we could maybe we could find something i know <laughs> Hello. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think we should um, maybe do a post in the in, in reportage of different people's advice as well. That would be that would be handy at some point. Yeah, it could be it could be interesting to kind of try and find inventive ways to to get along with it. And to be honest, uh, with twenty twenty one coming up, there will be. I mean, the market will probably be be there. Let's hope um, this is a dent in the bookings. Things are going to get moved, but not too can not cancel too much but i mean with what's going on now and everybody in lockdown there is absolutely zero excuse for not having the best website and mm. loads of blog posts locked and loaded to go <laughs> that's so true isn't it the best seo this is the time to lock and load that seo yeah it's valid yeah it is. get your instagram posts ready <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's true yeah oh man honestly dude thank you uh thanks so much for your for your time in here and coming to talk to us about it i really really value your time and your expertise thank you <laughs> it's my pleasure it was it was itching and um i was thinking i mean do i have to say something because uh, we were talking about it between us to, well today really earlier on today and I mean, I, I have taken a certain role in the Belgium wedding photographers. It wasn't much, but at a certain point last week, I, I made a post saying, okay, this is my point of view. This is what's probably going to happen. Brace yourselves for it and do this and this and this from my opinion. So I hope this has helped anybody in um, anybody in any way. Um, I don't want to have people panicking. But I mean, the situation is serious because we just don't know where it's going to go. And just yeah, safe, really. oh man, you've you've laid it out how it is, which is just what people. There's no point, you know. It's like propaganda rig and saying everything's going to be everything is fine, you know. I think you've just got to say it how it is, and I think people will really, really value that. And you might say, you might, you know, it might help people or someone who maybe wasn't taking it so seriously. You might literally have saved lives by talking about it on the podcast. I know, maybe you know, but you might have. You never know. Who knows? Who knows? I hope I hope it makes I hope it makes a difference, and I think it's important for everybody to remember 
that everybody can make a difference. It's funny, people come up to me sometimes uh, and asking, oh, you're not, you, you quit being a doctor uh, and now you're a photographer. Are you nuts? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a whole other story, Alan. I'm not going to that now. <laughs> and we will, I, I've always said to you anyway, for months I've wanted to do a, a normal, if you've been quoted yeah. my, a podcast interview with you. So we'll, we'll save that for another time because I'm but, sure you'll be great at that. But what I want to say on that, and I was talking, I think, I think it was with, I don't know, I think it was Richard Holman, um, is um, everybody can make a significant impact on their surroundings and the people around them. And being a doctor doesn't change that at all. Everybody can do something for someone else. And it's a little thing. It's sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't have to be much. But I mean, try and think of it like that. You don't have to be a doctor or you don't have to be a war photographer to change the world because you can change the world for someone on a very, very small scale but have a massive impact. So I think it's important in these times to see how you can pay it forward. That sounds very cliche, but it is very true because uh, it is, it's needed. Yeah. I, I think that's so lovely I think that is such a perfect thing I so agree and I think that's such that's so lovely man it's beautiful really it's a lovely way to end the podcast I think and that very very positive um outlook and yeah I think that's lovely great that's awesome and no, that kind of it kind of neutralizes my reputation that I have for being the party photographer at Doc Day and the <laughs> TAR Christmas party. <laughs> I know you are the, the best event photographer as well, man. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I am actually very serious. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh God. Well, Alan, thank you so much for this. I hope, uh, I hope this helps someone in some way. And if anybody wants to reach out, please do, but please do know that it is quite busy at the same time. But if you can't hold yourself, don't worry. Just go for it and let us know. Oh, man, that's so kind. Thank you for your time and knowledge, man, and sharing. Honestly, that was just, that was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, Alan, fantastic. Have a great one. Keep safe. And you, dude. And hopefully I'll see, I'll see you at some point, hopefully this year. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah, it would be, yeah. If we don't see each other this year, then something's off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. See you later. Yeah, cheers. You've been listening to episode 20 of the This Is Reportage podcast. It was an episode that neither myself nor Simon would have ever wanted to have recorded, of course, but we do hope that you found it useful. As we mentioned on the episode, please do get in touch with us if there's anything we can help with at all. I, I think, obviously, Simon's going to be a little bit busy, but, you know, if, if you contact me, if you go to thisisreportage.com, there's a contact form on there. You don't need to be a member. You know, I, 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 can, I just want to help if I can in any way. Um, obviously I'm not an expert in, in anything, but, you know, just having someone to talk to and to talk through options about maybe what you're dealing with like financially or client wise or business wise, honestly, I want to help if I can, I really do. Um, and if you have questions for Simon, maybe send them to me via this and I can send them on to him. And if he's got time, I'm sure he'll, he'll get back if he can. But honestly, I know it is awful, scary times. But we will get through this, everyone. We'll get through this. Um, thanks so much to Simon for his great advice and his time on here. It was, it was brilliant of him. And yeah, uh, stay safe, everyone. <laughs>